Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at ServicePatriots.com slash the fan. Last year, I spent more money on spilled liquor and bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. You're talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond ring-wearing, kiss-stealing, With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. Wheeling-dealing, limousine-right, jet-flying, son of a gun. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. The Fan. Hey, let's do this. Final hour. Dirt and right here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. 99.5 HD2. The Odyssey app. If it's up and running this morning. And live on YouTube as we are every single morning. Go check it out. YouTube.com backslash 1080 The Fan. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour. Uh, we don't know if we're doing a show tomorrow or not because of the ice. That's to be determined. We will wait and see on that. TBD. We will get to the mail sack coming up at 830. So if you want to make fun of my quake takes, you can. Go ahead and send your questions into the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Let's talk some more college football with our good friend, Andrew Nimick, who nobody told him yesterday was a company holiday. we got to get communication up around I here. I couldn't believe I was the one to break <laughs> to the news to him that, like, Monday he's off. He's what not working are, Monday. What are we doing? There's an ice storm and it's a holiday. There were multiple emails specifically nobody about his email. show. Uh, no, specifically oh. about his show moving to he's Mondays. Oh, he's got he's things going busy. on. He's a reporter. He's, he's covering Seattle and Portland and SoCal. On Come on, man. You can access email. There's this thing called the internet. There's plenty of information delivered straight to you. Andrew Nimick. At Andrew Nimick on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Director Recruiting SB Live Sports. And you can hear him every week right here on The Fan with Recruiting with Andrew Nimick. Nimick, good morning to you. I'm going to start with my quake take. I just threw this out and I want to get your reaction to it. Uh, Washington fan all year said recruiting doesn't matter. Now Kalen DeBoer is gone and all of a sudden recruiting matters and he why didn't he recruit better? Jed Fish can recruit so we're excited about that. I think they dodged a bullet giving a coach $10 million potentially who can't sign a top 25 recruiting class. I know he's a brilliant X's and O's mind, but that talent was going to regress. Your thoughts on DeBoer, what's been going on at Washington and the addition of Jed Fish? Oh, wow. That's a layered question. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think in the short term for next year, Washington potential, potentially is much better off with Jed Fish because he can bring a top 10 team with him to Seattle. That Arizona team in some preseason, the way too early preseason polls yep. that I saw was was as high as eighth. So if you can bring in Noah Fafita and Tetoroa McMillan into your program with some of the other players they've got, that's that's huge. Long term, 
Uh, yeah, gosh, it's a great question. I, I think DeBoer would have figured it out. He had Courtney Morgan kind of running the show for him as a recruiter. Obviously, Courtney Morgan has moved on um, as the director of player personnel. He went to Alabama. That's a major key. Courtney Morgan was previously at Michigan and helped build the current Michigan roster that you saw. He actually is the architect of both of those rosters mm-hmm. that we saw in the national championship game to some extent. So I think the big issue with DeBoer in Seattle – is he an elite, elite recruiter? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he established himself as a big name yet in the college football world because he'd won at the kind of the lower levels. The other issue is Washington's really behind as a collective. And what you've seen from their NIL packages that they put together is let's pay the stars on our team to stay. And I, and I mean going into last year. So let's keep Penix. Let's keep McMillan. Let's keep Roma Dunze. Let's make sure those guys stay. Let's make sure they get the NIL deals. And so because of that, they've lagged behind pretty significantly when it comes to some of the NIL packages for their recruits. And therefore, they kind of sagged back in recruiting where you kind of went, hey, you guys had a what, – what did it end up being, 12-2 and two season? They went 11 or 12 games. You guys talked about it on the air already. Yeah, I think yeah. they won their bowl game. Uh, you win that and you think, okay, well, next year then they're going to put together a great recruiting class. This year's recruiting class was outside the top 25. It was not a great recruiting class. So they've got to get some things figured out from an NIL collective standpoint. If I were Jed Fish and I were going up to Seattle, great, it's the Big Ten, not the Big 12. Great, you're coming off a national championship game loss. I want some assurances that I have some budget to work with, not only to pay my current roster, but also to pay my recruits. Mm -hmm. So I think if DeBoer would have been given more time and with that national championship appearance, more money, he would have been a good recruiter and he would have been the better guy. That being said, it's not much of a drop-off to Jed Fish. That's a great hire. Um, it's still a drop-off, though, and I find that interesting. Uh, you know, DeBoer, I, I think, cited resources, kind of what Bama can do versus almost any other program in the country. I, I want to ask, because I've, I've had this takeaway for a while, given what's happened in Corvallis, and now here we are. Bama's hiring for a coach. Duck fans are clenching their cheeks until he sends out a video, and then Husky fan has to go through the heartbreak after a dream season. What What is your current read, or what does it say about college football that this is what it is? A Washington program got to the national championship game, and less than like five days later, their head coach is gone. Their program feels kind of gutted. And oh, by the way, let's replace that guy with the guy who recruits a little better. We're going to steal him from Arizona. So Arizona <laughs> now is being gutted. They may lose all their things. But don't worry, they've hired the San Jose State guy now. Like, what do you make of the current college football situation it just feels like a lot of fan bases are realizing that the sport's great the setup and the league or whatever you want to call it sucks what is what is your read on college football right now well i think that i think college football is going to have a viewership problem and not too terribly long if if they don't start to pump the brakes on some things i i tweeted um a couple days ago i can't imagine being a die-hard sports fan watching college football now if your team's not one of the true blue bloods of, of the sport and and really you can modernize being a quote blue blood i think oregon um, throws its weight around in the nil era in a way that kind of puts them and lumps them into that group but if you can't necessarily consistently be a top 10 to 15 program why would you watch look at this arizona program they went from nothing they were as bad maybe worse than the program that Deion sanders took over at colorado they were terrible they were the worst team in the back 12 they hired jed fish they turned that thing around and you go man 
all that time I invested, whether you're a season ticket holder or just a fan, all that time I invested in, I'm sticking with this. This is going to be great. Man, preseason, top 10, top 15, we've got a shot to make the first ever college football playoff. We did it the right way, and here we are. Oh, never mind, you're going to poach our coach and our entire roster, and we're going to have to do it again. And, oh, yeah, by the way, if we do it again after our team is gutted and we build another top 10, top 15, top 20 team, someone else is going to hire that coach <laughs> and gut that roster. Why would you root for it? I mean, I, I, it, it's really it, it's terrible. I mean, look at Oregon State. You know, Oregon State had a great year, and even in the middle of the year, we come to find out, even in the middle of the year, their head coach was like, eh, one foot out the door. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to one of those programs that has a seat at the table. And it's a distraction. It's terrible for the current players. It's terrible for the recruits. It's a really bad system. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what the fix is because you have to allow players the freedom to transfer. As we're seeing, coaches have the freedom to get up and walk away in the middle of the season before their bowl game. <laughs> They're discussing contracts before their final regular season game. We're seeing that among the, in the coaching ranks. It should be fair to the players. It should be equal for the players that they get to do that too. That being said, oh my goodness, college football free agency is is not just a disaster for stars. It's actually more of a disaster for those mid-level programs that just not only can't hang on to their top guys, they can't hang on to most of their starters. Yeah, it's, I mean, Washington, I think, has, what, one starter back on defense, one on offense at this point from their team last year, and we'll see maybe they get all those Arizona players to come. It's when you get those big bombshells now of a coach retiring or leaving or going to the NFL, whatever it might be, you, you almost like everybody around the country just panics because you don't know where the next bomb's going to go off. And who would have thought Nick Saban retiring would affect San Jose State football? But here we are. It went all the way down to San Jose State because yeah. they're getting the Arizona coach. Right. The Arizona coach went to Washington. It's just this domino that starts to fall. Don't worry, though. Clemson, LSU, <laughs> and maybe Ohio State. All yes. next year looming of like Florida. Oh, with Florida. Fish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get to that. Well, that's the other element of this, right, Dirt? Is like he also moves around a lot. I have yes. no evidence the same that Fish wants to be there for 10 years and recruit. Same guy. They're in a job every two years and they bounce. Let me ask you this, though, Nimick. You're cool to stick around another segment because I want to get to some Oregon, Oregon State stuff with you. Uh, There's this notion that Alabama would just recruit itself. I don't follow SEC recruiting that closely, but from what I've read, it feels like there's nothing really special about their NIL collective. Like It's just kind of on par with the other big boys. And actually, some players were giving Saban a discount because it's Nick effing Saban and why wouldn't you want to go play there? Uh, is, is that the way you feel? Like, they're just going to recruit itself. Alabama will be full steam ahead. Do you think there's going to be a, a hitch in the giddy-up? I'm just curious what you make of that fit from a recruiting standpoint. Well, the Alabama Nick Saban discount is going to be gone. They've lost two five-star wide receiver commitments already. Uh, it is going to be interesting. I think Kalen DeBoer is going to have to prove it, and I do think there's an opening. If you're, you know, you've already seen Alabama slide just a little bit. They went from being Georgia, what Georgia is now, to everybody. They went from being Georgia, this team that's going to win back-to-back championships. It's it's a travesty if they don't make the Final Four in the college football playoff. They they went from being the the biggest dog on the block to coming back down to earth. And, and I think right away even, Kalen DeBoer is going to have to prove that there isn't that much of a drop-off. I love the staff he hired. Alabama does have a lot of money to work with. They are in a talent-rich reason. There's a lot of reason to think Alabama is going to be a perennial top-10 recruiter, almost regardless of who the head coach is. But there is a difference between being a top-10 recruiter, even yes. a top-5 recruiter, and being one or two every single year and 
I think that remains to be seen. I think Kalen DeBoer is going to have to prove it, and I think he's going to have to prove it in year one or year two. It's never fun to follow the legend because everyone is questioning your every move. And if he doesn't win right away, not only are fans – and I don't, and by the way, win right away meaning like be a top five, six team in the country. Uh, if he doesn't do that, not only are, are other coaches going to start attacking them as like, hey, the drop-off is coming, <laughs> but recruits are going to have questions. And if you already have questions about, well, Georgia and Michigan and Alabama are all kind of even right now, they still have their legend at Georgia. They still have their Kirby Smart uh, are we sure DeBoer's on par with Saban? And, and so I do think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, it, Nimick's going to stick around one more segment. I want to get to Oregon State got a big commitment over the weekend from a Michigan transfer, a local kid who came back to town. Oregon's reshaping their roster. I want to get his thoughts on that. He's going to hang around for one more segment. We'll get to the mail stack coming up. Bottom of the hour, back after this on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, welcome back in. Mail sack coming up 10 minutes from now. We're talking uh, recruiting and just state of college football with our good friend Andrew Nimick. As, uh, you can hear him every week right here on The Fan with Recruiting with Andrew Nimick. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Andrew Nimick. Uh, and he is the director of recruiting for SB Live Sports. And Nimick, thanks for hopping on for another segment. Let, let's start with the, the Darius Clemens news. I believe that's the name from Michigan. A local kid entered the portal. I don't know if that was a playing time or a future uncertainty thing with what's Harbaugh going to do. And J.J. McCarthy is now going to the NFL. But just with that move and Oregon State picking up another nice commitment, what have you made of the way that Trent Bray, speaking of rosters being gutted, Oregon State's was, and he's had to try and rebuild it. What do you make of the job that he's done? Well, I, I think it's a good sign. Darius Clemens was a superstar recruit, an All-American level guy, six foot three, uh, 210 pounds, good physical receiver coming out of Westview. And Oregon State is kind of in no man's land right now in college football. We talked in the first segment about if you, if you don't have a seat at the table, it's really hard. It's really hard on the fans. It's really hard on the programs. It's really hard on the coaching staff. And it's really hard to recruit. And so if, if the local kids still treat Oregon State like a very legitimate Power 5 type option, that's huge for them. And Darius Clemens is a good player. I know in two years at Michigan, a very loaded Michigan team, he only had four catches for 40 yards. But he came early. He went, to, he went to Ann Arbor early and caught a touchdown pass in their spring game, I believe, as a true freshman. So he was like 18 years old. Uh, he looks like he could really easily end up being a pretty good player in Corvallis. That's a nice get. And, again, it shows that in the pecking order, people still kind of see them and view them above the Mountain West. That's going to be crucial for them in recruiting going forward, especially with in-state kids. I'm curious, Nimic, because you always talk about like the branding or kind of like what coaches are saying behind the scenes in recruiting. 
What is the messaging coming out of Oregon State right now? Because, yes, they are kind of pseudo-Mountain West, but also the sport's kind of stupid, and in two years, I have no <laughs> idea what the landscape's going to be with the ACC. Does Big 12 expand? Uh, what's just kind of your read of what their messaging and branding is as a culture or program right now, given everything that's been thrown at them? Well, I know early on the message to recruits was we have a schedule set up to potentially win double-digit games and make the college football playoff next year. I, I know that was the message early. Now, guys have hit the transfer portal in droves since then. So I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what the messaging is. I think there's playing time there. I think there's an opportunity to win there because they are a pseudo-Mountain West team that has, at least to this point, still benefiting and is still benefiting from Pac-12 resources. And I think they're going to say, we're just going to keep this thing right on rolling. The defense is going to make plays. And we have uh, some playmakers on offense in in part, thanks to guys like Damian Martinez and now uh, a good, a better, I think, receiving core with Darius Clemens coming in. And we're going to be able to hit the ground running. Goldbrunson's a veteran. I think they need to do some serious patchwork along the offensive line. But I do think that's the messaging. Yes, we dropped off in conference. We are not dropping off as a competitor. We're going to go into the Mountain West and be the kings of the Mountain West if that's where we end up when everything settles down. Hmm. We're talking with Andrew Nimick. You can hear him every, every week uh, right here on The Fan, recruiting with Andrew Nimick and the director of recruiting for SB Live Sports, at Andrew Nimick on Twitter. I, I, you know, I the, the legend of Lanning continues to grow, and last week it got even bigger with the video that came out. Whether he was offered or not by Alabama, nobody knows, but he used it to his advantage and credited him uh, for that, and it turned it into a recruiting pitch. I you know, I brought this up earlier, Nimick, the difference between where Oregon and Washington were heading, where Oregon is losing a Heisman finalist quarterback, Bucky Irving, 2,000-yard seasons, best wide receiver in the history of the program, best center in college football, almost all their entire starting defensive line, starting safeties, a great corner in Kyrie Jackson. Like It's a long list of guys to lose, and they're supposed to be better next year than they were this year. They add some more big names in the portal over the weekend. I just Overall, it, it feels like, and I said this multiple times during the season, this is the first time I watched Oregon and I know they didn't beat Washington, but you watch them and you thought, yeah, I could see that team could compete for a national championship. I haven't said that about Oregon in probably 10 years, despite some good seasons. Just what do you make of the monster that he's building and what this offseason has been for Lanning? I never thought in my lifetime I would consider the Oregon Ducks to be very similar to an offseason for the Yankees or Dodgers. I never, I never thought we'd equate the two, where it's like, hey, we need a quarterback, let's go get two. Like, you, you know, when the Yankees, sometimes in the offseason, Steinbrenner would go crazy, and it's like, man, they could use an outfielder. Oh, they got two all-star outfielders. <laughs> that seems excessive. Uh, Oregon's like that right now. It's unbelievable what they're putting together. And and the landing stuff is all genuine. I, I have a number of, of high school coaches who have told me stories about landing at camps he takes notes when high school guys talk and he's like i'm from a different coaching tree than you are so there's probably a nugget in something you've learned that i don't know yet that i can add to what i do so he feverishly takes notes when everybody's talking there are so many coaches who kind of big time those camps that's how detail oriented he is that's how much he loves the game and it's very very contagious with that within that program and i do think a lot of people want to just chalk it up to like NIL. And listen, Oregon right now in terms of budget, I think they're probably a top three program in the country in terms of their NIL and collective and, and what they kind of have in terms of muscle to throw around. That can only do for you so much. You have to have kids believe in the stability of your program, your coaching staff, the ability to get, de- to get developed, 
to be developed into future NFL talent. Oregon can now point to transfers, Christian Gonzalez, Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, and say, hey, we develop transfers, but also if you come here and you compete, look at Troy Franklin. He's having success. Brandon Dorless, built, not bought. Uh, there's a lot there that's really positive. And, and I just think, again, Oregon's become sort of the New York Yankees of, of – uh, college football, at the very least, they're one of, if not the the biggest spender and the biggest getter of talent west of the Mississippi. It's unbelievable. Hmm. Who do you think is going to be favored to win the Big Ten next year, Ohio State or them? Oh, I, I think Oregon. I do. I, I think Ohio State still has some question at quarterback. I know they returned a ton of talent. There's no question. JT Tuomalau, great. Henderson, their running back, phenomenal player. Denzel Burke. Uh, potentially a first-round pick at corner. They're loaded, and I see that. But also, there were times this year when you watched them and go, if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't just an unbelievable freak and didn't have all sorts of gravitational pull from a secondary where now everyone else is single-covered, they'd be in a little bit of trouble, and he's gone. I think he is a truly special, truly unique, and the, the word unique gets overused, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. was a truly unique talent in college football in terms of how much attention you had to give him. And even then, Ohio State's offense at times looked anemic. They need to take a massive step forward uh, to be that true national title threat. I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah's preseason podcast, and he had Ohio State outside the top ten. Now, they were saying, we think a lot of this talent's going to come back, and I still have them right around 11. They were talking about Oregon in that three to six range. So I think it's different. Mm-hmm. I have Oregon as I have Oregon as the as the Big Ten favorite. It's a slight favorite. Year one, welcome to the uh, welcome to the Big Show. And oh yeah, by the way, go ahead and win that title. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting. But uh, yeah, I think I think Oregon has a slight edge. Uh, again, it's crazy. We're talking about Bo Nix, Troy Franklin, Bucky Irving all being gone. It's like, oh yeah, no problem. We're going to win the Big Ten. It's wild. <laughs> do you think Nemec? Do you think your gut instincts? Because I don't think we've had reporting on this yet. And if we did, I'm I'm sorry, I missed it. Uh, do you think Bama wanted Lanning first, or do you think DeBoer was kind of their guy? I think Lanning was a very real candidate who was discussed internally. I think there was some pushback, potentially, from the boosters and the big-budget NIL guys, and they were worried a little bit that he was just a little too green, no Mm -hmm. pun intended, that he was a little bit too green still, and that was going to potentially fracture some of that money. Remember, before Saban was Saban, Alabama, and before Alabama was Alabama, uh, they had a really hard time getting all their marquee boosters on the same page. Now, that that shouldn't have mattered, but it it did because it's the South and it's Alabama, and we don't have to talk about the illegal spending. But uh, they weren't all on the same page. And I think there were feelers put out with some of the big names. How much money do we retain? How How much of this big booster how much of this collective nil money can we keep together with some of these candidates and i think there was just a little not a lot but there was a little bit of pushback from some key money that landing is maybe a couple years away still from being a bama georgia michigan type candidate that would get that job and DeBoer's a little more proven in x's and o's and the the collective the boosters and then eventually the ad uh felt that that was the way to go i think he's going to be uh, not that guy for the rest of his career so might as well just stay away from him don't even sniff don't even try and touch just just keep your hands to yourself all right keep well, walking it, let me ask you both of you this real quick i know <laughs> yeah. we're against it is there another job let's take bam out let's say DeBoer does okay bama's uh-huh. not freaking out 
Is there another job next so. year looming? Ohio I, State, Clemson, I, LSU. Is there a job out there at Florida? Is no. there anything, Duck fan, you think Nimick should be worried about with Dan Landing? I know he did the video, but I'm just curious. Is there any other jobs outside of Bama that come open a year from now, two years from now, that you think catches his eye? Bama, Georgia, and there's an off-off chance. I, I could see an off-off chance. Say Harbaugh comes back for one more year and Michigan puts it together and has another great season. I could see that. I don't think it's likely, but it's weird to just say, like, no Oregon coach would ever consider <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it just sounds silly to leave them out. But, yeah, I do. I think it's Georgia and Alabama. And he's for real, guys. Like, this isn't going to be a thing that falls off where we're like, man, remember when everybody thought Dan Lanning was the man and it, they lump him in with Taggart and Cristobal? Dan, Dan Lanning is truly truly special and we are going to be talking about him as a marquee coach in college football for the next few decades he is unbelievable his players love him his knowledge is unbelievable the way that he his attention detail it's all incredible he is a superstar in the making yeah that all the nil facts that you just gave us in that segment and then his nike stock tells me i have nothing to worry about but maybe i'm wrong (laughs) on that andrew nimick go give him a follow on twitter at andrew nimick director of recruiting sb live sports thanks for hopping on for a half hour man and kind of recapping the sport is absolute madness right now recruiting is at the forefront of it as always and uh, we always enjoy the talk man hope you're surviving the ice storm okay Thanks. Bye. There you go. Andrew Nimick. Good stuff from him. Talking recruiting. Yeah, and I the, the concern there, we didn't get to it. We'll get to this later in the week, I'm sure. But the Jed Fish angle is that I, I think he's – I respect the hell out of Jed Fish, what he built at Arizona to take them from nothing. They had lost 12 straight games to winning 10 games two years later. Like, that's a remarkable turnaround. Did you just hire the same guy? Like, that's the fear. And everybody thought, well, his contract, he's going to get a Dan Lanning $20 million buyout because Lanning has negotiated a 20, or Oregon negotiated a $20 million buyout into his contract. He said, I'm fine with that. It starts at 12. And it goes down. And it goes down every year. So he's there for two years. If he wins in two years, three years, his buyout's down to like $6 million. Yep. And he's a Florida alum. How's Billy Napier doing right now? He has one good year. That could be a phone call next season. Hey, come home. Jed, and then you're right back in the same spot you were in. I know you can't guard against that. Oregon alums tried to do that with Will Cox when the, when the hiring happened here at Oregon, but it's just that that's a tough one to look at. It's also that's the problem with the sport yeah. that you have that happening. I also think it's very fair to say like if Jaden Delore doesn't get hurt, they're not winning ten games, huh? and a that fair decision's point too. not made. And we're not like it's one season. That's kind of my whole thing. It's great. It's a good turnaround. I think you can make a similar, if not the same, case. Washington being four and eight and ending their year the way they did with Jimmy Lake and him just coming in there and instantly turning it, I think it's just as remarkable to me as Jetfish. Uh, let's get to the mail sack. Your questions are welcome. 503-864-6326. We'll answer them on the other side next on The Fan. All right, welcome back in. A little bit of a delayed sack on a Tuesday. Let's get to it nonetheless. I did see this, though, on the Vancouver Fort text line. Somebody said it's like what happened with Oregon State. Fish leaving Arizona just proves that if you're a non-blue blood program, yeah. you're just a feeder program for them to display any uh, level of success as player commits, coaches and culture, not schools. Uh, now that coaches are leaving, the former program's roster is decimated overnight, and it's just smaller schools are victim of their own success and have to completely restart. You're not wrong in a lot of instances. Here's the tough part, and there's no way that you can discover this. There's a lot of guys out there, though, that have stayed loyal. Like Kyle Whittingham's name has been referenced for jobs every offseason for how long? Chris Kleinman at Kansas State has done this now. His name keeps popping up. There were reports that Washington offered Lance Leipold the job, and he turned them down. He's the head coach of Kansas. 
Mike Gundy's been at Oklahoma State for how long? It's not perfect there. He's had his ups and downs. But he's gotten offers to go elsewhere. Like, this is, I don't know how you discover this. I don't know how you decipher this and figure out which guys are going to be loyal and which guys aren't because there's not some sort of truth serum that you can give them. But there have been some schools that have found their guy and they've been there for a very long time. And you just you just hope and pray when you make a hire that this guy doesn't have that grass greener on the other side of the fence. First offer comes, I'm bolting for another job. Yeah, but the reality of the sport is that it's that's yes, not. It's, I mean, it's a very small number for yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm not even suggesting this is going to happen in two years. I'm just like, at what point, even locally, hey, Oregon's the favorite to win the Big Ten. They didn't win the Big Ten this year. Hey, Oregon's the favorite to win the Big Ten. They didn't win the Big Ten this year. Hey, Oregon's the favorite to be a title winner. They didn't even get to the final. Like, things can wear on people, mm-hmm. and expectation can trounce it. I said it earlier, and I take it back. But also, there's a little truth in the hellscape that fans who have title expectations every year live in, and then when their team doesn't sniff it, they're miserable. And I, it sucks to root for a losing team if you're like a Mariner fan. But also, you just want to be in the dance. You're happy by being in the wild card weekend. You don't go in and say, well, we got to win the World Series. We did, and okay, blow everything up, get rid of the owner. And that's kind, there's sometimes there's not an in-between for people. So yeah. it's nice to label the, the loyal ones. The reality is that sport does not lend itself to loyalty. Nope. Uh, schools are not loyal. Coaches are not loyal, and now you've reached a point where players are not loyal. So people get mad at these players for entering the portal or, you know, running and chasing NIL. It's like, well, the coach isn't loyal and the college isn't very loyal, so what do you want them to do? And I would argue that a lot of people have pointed the finger at the current climate and NIL and how did college football turn into this? And I would say this is kind of what it's it's always been. Oregon's lost multiple coaches coaches before NIL became a thing, so uh, we were a stepping stone before that, and we'll probably be a stepping stone again at some point. That's just the way the world works. Uh, Melsack question. Now let's see what we got here. Uh, hold on, let me pull it up. I wrote a couple down on the show sheet as they came in. Uh, I'm curious the demo demographic happening today, <laughs> given like not everybody's going to work and no, I think it's probably a lot of YouTube folks and not a lot. It sounds like traffic is very light because people aren't going to work today. We do have a Millsack question on that. I'll get to uh, Millsack question. What's the trade you were most oddly excited or disappointed by? Either a favorite player leaving or arriving. Mine was losing Martel Webster. Uh, you can be <laughs> disappointed by it. Either excited or oddly disappointed. Uh, it's not odd, easily for me. This is number one, CJ McCollum. Yeah, finally getting that We traded off. him so late, and we got nothing for it. Yeah. That was such a letdown. <laughs> it was a forced trade. They didn't even want to trade him, but like eventually the GM got in trouble for being an a-hole, and so it was like, well, I guess we kind of have to do this now. Bye. I'm trying to think of a trade that like backfired that didn't work out for oh, me. Oh, see, for me, it is uh, the trade that was everything was when the Blazers acquired Buck Williams, yeah. who was the all-star power forward in the Eastern Conference and the final piece. Like, the Blazers... They did it. They actually they did actually it. They actually did it. <laughs> What's that like to have a front office that does things to try and win? It was great. Must be cool. Well, we have one. They're just yeah starting with babies. <laughs> sure. I totally trust It's going to be like the Truman Show. We just yeah. have to watch them grow up for 10 years, and then they'll realize they're on TV, and they'll go to a different market. Yeah, then they're going to all want to leave. <laughs> Speaking of NIL, they're going to go want a collective at another NBA organization. Uh, one that was a major letdown for me was Carlos Beltran. That one hurt because the Giants traded Zach Wheeler for Carlos Beltran. Mm. He ended up being a two-month rental. They didn't make the playoffs. Zach Wheeler went on to have a really good career, still pitching in the big leagues. Yeah. And Beltran left literally that offseason in free agency. 
Those those ones hurt when you like you make an all in movie. The big swings, it yeah. It just backfires yeah. immediately on you. Um else that question, how long does a movie need to be out before nobody can complain about you spoiling the plot? The other day someone snapped to me for almost spoiling mm. Vanilla Sky, which came out in two thousand and one. Yeah, oh they need goodness. they need to look in the mirror and no. shut the hell up. You yeah, get one month. I I think after one a month. month. Yeah. You go one month. The only problem with the one month thing is swag. Most people, and I hate to say this because I'm an avid one, most people, though, don't go to the theater anymore. I understand that. And, like, Oppenheimer doesn't come out on streaming until, like, February 16th. It's almost out. It's going to the Peacock. It's going to Why? Why would you not? Like I believe the Oscars happens before that. Why would you not want people to watch the Oscars? You would think to right? know what the movies. Are. I always find that weird. How we put all these Oscar movies out after the Oscars. I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. I'm waiting for it it's to amazing. come on Peacock. It's I'm amazing. very excited. It is two hours of just you're gripping your handle. Almost three hours. Yeah, but it's it doesn't feel like it. Movies like that, you can't really like. I mean, I'm sure there's some anecdotes in there that I wouldn't guess, but I I know the general premise of the story, and so it's like I you know. I was supposed to watch Killers of the Flower Moon yesterday morning, wake up early and do it, and like three hours and 26 minutes is- Long time. Boy, that's a commitment, man. Is that one on Apple TV right now? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Apple Apple, Apple TV. I'll give you six months. I think six months is acceptable. That's One month, a little too quick for me. Oh, see, at that point, I figure everything's already been, all the reviews, everything's out. But you don't go read it if you don't want spoilers, though, right? Well, then don't read it, but- (laughs) You, it's your job after a month to avoid finding out. Hmm. Vanilla Sky is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's a. I would yeah. almost think about unfriending them. I'd be like, "What are you talking?" about? Because I think, what movie are you really going to spoil? Like The Sixth Sense, you would totally sure. spoil. Imagine if getting you gave Shawshank it up. Redemption ruined right now. He escapes. What? <laughs> no. And, uh? and Red meets up with him, dude. Come on, man. I haven't seen it yet. What happened to that cheery old guy that handed me a book? <laughs> oh no! What did uh, he carve in the Brooks? Oh Brooks. no! Brooks didn't make it. Oh no! Uh, Brooks did. Brooks couldn't hang. Uh, Mail sack. Are we ever going to get to the point where one to two inches of uh, some wintry mix or snow does not shut down the cities and schools? This is ridiculous. There has been days now to clear the roads and gear up the buses. I. This is a little different. Can we acknowledge that? I. I hear you. I hear your overall point. This is not your traditional wintry. Snow is on the ground. This is, like in a lot of neighborhoods, icy snow. Yeah, you got trees down. I think the fear today was the roads were fine coming in today, like zero issue at the all. The main highways. Yeah, the freezing yeah. rain highways. is expected when it comes early that's afternoon, the issue. and yeah. nobody wants to get stuck in that because then it's a nightmare. I yes. don't even believe, like, the Michigans, the Wisconsin's, ice the Buffaloes. Ice Yeah, they, they, you can't even prepare for ice. I just wish, can we just get one of those storms where it's, like, seven inches of powdery snow and that's it? It'd be nice. And it just lingers, because then yeah. everybody could still go about their days. You can still drive. There's no issues. Trees go slow, yeah. usually aren't falling. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Ice sucks. When you get ice, there's nothing you can do. Uh, let's see here. Let's get one more in. Let me look through the old show sheet from a leftover one. Uh, are you required to cheer for your significant other's team, even though you hate the team that she roots for? No. No. No, absolutely not. It's ridiculous. No. Absolutely not. Your relationship should be stronger than that. <laughs> yes, yes, it should. Now, it might be fun to have a little something on the line for it. Yeah, it would make... I got a buddy who's... Spice things up. He's a big Duck fan, and his wife went to Oregon State. Yeah. And it's like, her whole family's big Beaver fans. Oh, man. And so every oh, time yeah. they... If, if every household happens, has something that neither one of you wants to do. Yeah, my wife pretends to be a Mariner fan. I snipped that in the bud early. Why does she pretend to be a Mariner fan? She didn't fan? care about baseball. But, but like, why does she pretend to be a Mariner fan? Family 
roots for the Mariners. They're all big Mariner fans. Oh. And so she's like, oh, man, she had Mariner shirts. And I'm like, what? Is you don't even care. Give her what a giant it? shirt. Tell her shut up. I did. She never wears it. Oh. Yeah. She wear Mariner gear? I don't look no, good in doesn't. orange. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Mail sack. What would be more offensive, putting on Oregon State orange or not wearing giant orange? Oh. Ooh. It's pr- it's got to be the former more than the latter. Who yeah. cares if she likes a baseball team? No offense. But yeah, like, that's, that's fair. Baseball's it's, not in the main conversation anymore. She started randomly rooting for Oregon State. We'd have, we'd have issues. There'd be problems. I mean, if we mention <laughs> baseball, we get people instantly texting to shut the Probably hell up. Probably not yeah. so much now. <laughs> oh, that's cute, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Which team's better, huh? The Giants or the Mariners? <laughs> there you go. We sack it up usually at 8.15 on Tuesdays, a little bit later today. Let's close it up. Uh, send you off on your way next on the fan. Well, way to go, Sprague, you big jerk. What did I do? What did I do? Let me text it in. I was going to watch Shawshank tonight for the first time. He lost a listener. I'm out. I'm done. Oh. Way to go, man. I'll carve Sprague was here on the desk, and I'll leave, okay? I'll get home just in time for the ice storm. Who knows what tomorrow's going to bring? I don't know if we're doing a show or not. To be determined. We're the only show on the fan today, by the way. Those pansy yes. asses aren't doing shows later this afternoon. Cowards. Well, I think management. Cowards. Uh, Absolute cowards. Yeah. Management doesn't I would have demanded. To. I'm coming in no matter what. No, I would not. We're trying to figure out how to do a YouTube <laughs> show for tomorrow in case we can't do our show. Yes, because it sounds like more ice is on the way. Who knows when? But at some point, and it's this not afternoon. supposed to melt until tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, it's going to take a while to, to clear out tomorrow. So let me ask you this final uh, question because I'm sure whether we have a show tomorrow or not, we'll get into a little bit more Thursday. But this whole thing is just like turning and burning. We barely got to wildcard week because of all the coaching news last weekend. And now here this week, Monday's a holiday. We might be off tomorrow because of the ice. So we might only have two more shows. I did an hour and a half on it. I know. We did a lot earlier, so if you missed the show, go check the podcast. Um, I think there's a handful of candidates. The Lions, because of the demons that they exercise, the Bucks just out of absolute nowhere, the Packers shocking everybody, the Texans in a game. We, I mean, we gambled against them, and they blew out Cleveland. Yeah. Most impressive team of wildcard weekend was? The most impressive team? Most impressive team. Uh, for me, it was the Packers. Packers? Because of their youth. That environment and the amount of poise that they all had collectively as a group. It was twenty-seven to nothing. <laughs> it's hard. It's it, look. It's hard not to pick the Packers there. The I, Texans are a close second the, the for Texans, the same thing, Texans, but they were the at home. I'll say the Texans. They were at home. They won a really crappy division. I I think most of America thought Cleveland was going to win, and yeah. if the Texans did, it'd be barely. They pummeled Cleveland. They did pummel them. Outscored him twenty-one nothing in the second half. Just dominated him. And also, the Packers were great. The Cowboys, 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 hard. Cowboys, right? They Cowboyed hard. I'm gonna give you the Lions, dude. Like the pressure of that city, yeah. you could feel it in the stadium when that thing got a little, little tight, a little tight. The Stafford Lions, came out. Stafford, dealing you're too. like, oh, yep. and they they held on. They got their win, and it felt like their Super Bowl. I hope they can do it again and go to the NFC title game. Really cool though for them to win. That will do it for us. If you missed any of the show, go check the Surface Patriots podcast, 1080thefan.com, at Dirt and Spray. You can find it on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. And uh, live and it's on YouTube all day as well. Huge news to pass along. Oh. Dennis Dodd is saying Fafita and McMillan are staying at Arizona. Ooh. How you feel about that jetfish hire now, huh, Dirt? <laughs> I mean, good for them, dude. I hate when the players bitch about a coach leaving and then immediately follow them to their next job. This guy's a snake. I'm going to go play for him. Like, what are we doing here? Good for those guys staying at Arizona. Uh, with that, hey, thanks for being a part of our Tuesday. We'll talk to you maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday. Call us next. Listen to 1080 The Fan. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.